What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I'm Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of Rocks Pile. And as always, I'm joined by Kevin Henry, who just happens to be on the road because we're in the world is Kevin Henry. Kevin, how are you? I am good sitting in beautiful Alma, Michigan, which is 45 minutes north of Lansing uh, at the Saraville Bed and Breakfast. Uh, highly recommended if you're ever in the Alma area. Very nice place. Uh, doing some things for Call to the Pen this week. I was at the Detroit Tigers Cleveland Guardians game yesterday. Tonight and tomorrow night, we'll be at the Lansing Lugnuts and Great Lakes Loons looking ahead at some of the Dodger prospects who could be terrorizing the Rockies in years to come. You know, one, Alma, I'm pretty sure, is a very booming metropolis. Um, and two, I believe, well, especially by the end of this year, because I know you haven't been to Tourist Park yet. I believe you have been to all 30 cities that ha- have a stadium. Yes. Detroit was a big check mark for me in, in the lifetime. I have been to all 30 cities now. And, and the, you know, as you and I were talking about before we came on, I've been to a lot of old stadiums that are no longer in existence, including both of them in Atlanta. So looking forward to being at Truist Park to complete the trifecta uh, in August, whenever the Rockies and Braves square off. Which, and the other thing is, between 1990 and 2010, pretty much M- every MLB stadium got replaced. Yeah, <laughs> so. you know, whenever you and I were kind of going through the list, there were some that I'd even forgotten. I was like, oh yeah, I've been there. That's right, because you know, old Comiskey uh, was one. I I thought Guaranteed Rate Field or whatever they're calling it this week had been around for quite some time, but apparently I was at Old Comiskey. And on the same trip, went to Old County Stadium in Milwaukee, as well as the Metrodome in Minneapolis. So uh, Venerable Wrigley Field is the only one still standing from that trip in uh, early college days. Yeah, I mean, you graduated high school in the late 80s. Yep. And there are, from 
1988, there are six stadiums in the majors that are still around. Which is crazy if you really think about it, you know, and, and obviously that's pre-Coors and everything else. But you think about, you know, and you throw in Fenway, Wrigley, and Dodger Stadium in there, which, of course, are, you know, iconic now. But still, yeah. the rest, it's crazy. And by the way, Noah, you will hear some background noise because I am sitting on the porch of the B&B where the Wi-Fi is the best. So if you hear a car going by or some lawn equipment in the background, just proves we're doing it live, man. That's all there yeah. is to We'll do it live. Uh, we are. You know, and who else did it live was our new guy, Jose Urania. Uh, or Ura, sorry, Urania. Urania. Yeah, yeah Urania. Uh, you know, he was impressive against the Dodgers. I mean, obviously the Rockies uh, were swept in that series, couldn't find any offense while Urania was on the mound. But still... Uh, he looked good in his debut, and maybe it's another diamond in the rough like Chad Cool is. And uh, the, the problem is, and we were discussing this before as well, if you would have said that, okay, Urania is going to give you six and two-thirds and allow one run, you'd say, okay, I, I, I like the Rockies' chances in that game. Yeah. But when you get one hit, Suboptimal. And the tough part was it wasn't that they were facing Kershaw. It wasn't yeah. that they were facing, you know, they weren't facing one of the guys, Gonsolin or Arias, who's looking for a hall or all-star bid. It was one of their other pitchers. That's the tough part. And but it just proves that Dodger Stadium's a, you know, it's a tough place for the Rockies anytime that they go there. And maybe. And we can talk about this. Maybe with the uh, with being swept there at Dodger Stadium, the Rockies are twelve games under five hundred now. Yeah. Does this does that series finally tell the Rockies front office, hey, things aren't going to be happening this year for the playoffs? You know, I would think it would. Uh, but I think then they will go back and go, but we just won four out of six on the run on the homestand. You know, they'll go back and point to it. They won series against the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks at home. They'll go to it. There's still a lot of time left till August 2nd. Now that's not what I would think, but I think internally there's still a lot of thought about, we can still make a wild card run. I don't see that happening. I just don't. They're on pace for 69 wins. Tells you all you need to know right yeah. there. You know, and, and I think, honestly, if they go into Arizona, you know, we're, we're recording this Thursday morning before the Diamondback series gets going. If they go in there and get a couple of wins, I think they might still be thinking that. But if they drop the series in Arizona, then I think at some point you've got to say, look, we're not going to get back to 500 before the trade deadline. It's mathematically impossible that we can do that. So, you know, it, is it realistic to think, that between August 2nd and October 5th, 6th, whenever the season ends, that you could actually turn that ship around, especially knowing those last six games looming at Dodger Stadium like we've talked about so many times. I don't see it. And that's one thing if they were in a weak division. For example, NL Central, the Brewers have a three-game lead on the Cardinals, and the Brewers are 47-37. and 37. So, I mean... Uh, they would still be a ways back, but yeah. at least it's 
a little bit more realistic. But, where... but you'd also you'd have the Cubs, you'd have the Pirates, you'd have the Reds. You know, yeah. yeah. You look at the bottom three in the NL Central versus the bottom three in the NL West, and you tell me which one you'd take head to head any day of the week. In the Central, the Rockies would be a third place team. Yep. Now think about and that. it's because there, there's only four teams in the NL that are worse than the Rockies, and three of them are in the NL Central. <laughs> so Isn't that crazy. I mean, seriously. Yeah. That is absolutely nuts. But but I think you've got to realize that you've still got a lot of games left against the Padres, against the Giants, against the Dodgers, three teams that could well make the postseason this year, all three. You know, so are you going to say, yeah, we're going to take the majority of those games and play 13, 15 games over 500 while doing it? Yeah. And I mean, even if they were at 500, the Giants are two, there are only two games above 500, the Giants. They're one game out of the wild card right now. Yeah. Yeah. The Marlins are two games under and they're three games out. The Rockies are eight games out. Well, and and one thing to consider is that we know, based on past history, Padres, Dodgers, Giants will all be aggressive at the trade deadline, which means those teams are going to improve in the second half of the year. Are the Rockies really going to be a buyer right now to improve their team, knowing that those three teams are going to be looking at a lot of the same guys? Yeah. And even with the Giants, there's some rumors that they might, depending on what happens with them that they could be looking to sell yeah so um, if they're looking to sell and they're two games above 500 what does that say about the rockies when they're 12 under 500 i i agree with that i mean i i'm gonna be really surprised if the giants decide to sell but i've, I've heard yeah. those rumors as well but i think the giants are still very much in the thick of the wild card and knowing how aggressive they've been past deadlines, a.k.a. Chris Bryant last year, uh, you know, I, I think it's very possible. And the thing with the Rockies as well, their top four players by war, the three of the top four are Crone, Cool, and Bard. Yep. They should be traded. And if the- they're traded, do you not have a team that's equivalent at least equivalent to a hundred loss team. You know, and, and here's the other thing. I was talking to a friend of mine last night about this while I was driving back from Detroit. The Rockies cannot trade Bard or Crone before the All-Star game. I mean, yeah. even even if they're going to, they can't because literally one of those two guys is going to be their loan representative. And by the way, I'm thinking more and more it's going to be Crone over Bard. Yeah. I really am. Uh, and and I two weeks ago, you could have not told me that, but I think that's going to change. But the Rockies now are going to have to wait till after the All-Star game for things to really ramp up. And I'm sure that's when all the trades are anyway with the August 2nd trade deadline. But still, there's no way that they could deal either one of those before knowing that one of those two is going to be the representative in L.A. Now, obviously, this isn't the case, but look at Brendan Rodgers after May 1. 298, 346, 496, eight yeah. homers, 39 RBI. On pay, that, that's 162 game pace of 23 homers and 11 RBI, uh, 111 RBI. Yep. 48 doubles as well on pace for. 
he would be your all-star if it wasn't for that uh, awful month of April. It, yeah, absolutely. I agree completely. You know, and, and I think that that's something that, again, if you want a sliver of hope right now, you know, and I know Bud, uh, manager Bud Black did his mid-season, you know, kind of looking back. And, and Rogers start since that slow start was one of the things he pointed to as a, a big success for his team, a positive point. And it should have been, you know, but there are a lot more negatives than positives uh, for sure with this team right now. And as we said at the very beginning of the year, they, what they, they had to have about 25 to 30 things all break their direction. Yep. And I personally thought they would be a little bit healthier. Yeah. Therefore, I thought they would have a few things break right for them at first. But, I mean, even with getting swept by the Dodgers, and this is another thing, if you would have said that against the Dodgers and the first half of their games against them, they went four and five, and then they went five and two against the Padres, Mm -hmm. you'd say... Okay, they're in pretty good shape. Yeah. They're they're at least hovering around 500. But when you go 0 and 4 against the Braves, 0 and 3 against Cleveland, 2 and 4 against Miami, 1 and 2 against the Twins, 1 and 2 against the Mets, 2 and 5 against the Phillies, 1 and 2 against the Pirates, 3 yeah. and 6 against the Dodgers, 3 and 4 against the Nationals. The Nationals that's yeah. why you're 12 games under. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, um, it it's one of those things that you will look back at the end of the season, and, and it's not going to be enough to say, oh, if they'd just done better this series, they wouldn't go to the playoffs. It's going to be a series of those series that you're going to look back to. Yeah. But absolutely, that Royal series is going to come back, I think, to really haunt them. I think the Nationals, like you talked about. You know, Pittsburgh, you know, God, I hate to say it, but you know, it was a road series. So what did we expect? You know, uh, unfortunately, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that I think we've become so accustomed to the road Rockies over these last few seasons that now it doesn't matter where they go into, you know, yeah. you know, look at as the FedEx truck goes by, look at, uh, you know, what they'll do, you know, against the Cubs, against the Reds, still road series that are coming up against teams that they should win. But, see how it goes and i mean we were talking about atlanta what do they do in atlanta i mean you had four games against them at coors and you couldn't win a single one right overall in the year can you guess what their home record is i will tell you that they have played 44 games yeah 44 games at home yep it's got to be under 500 obviously um, it is not really do tell 23 and 21 okay so they're right there on the edge of it but considering that last year that they were 48 and 33 it feels a lot like under 500 well and, and think back to last <laughs> year all the walk-off magic everything that happened at Coors that made you kind of go oh okay something special is getting ready to happen here even if they were down in the ninth you kind of felt like they had a shot yeah you know, there, there has not been a great deal of that this year. Well, and that, that's one thing on the road as well. I mean, they were close games at Dodger Stadium, 
But I, in fact, I was talking with somebody at the time in the five to two loss. And they said, oh, do you think the Rockies are going to come back? I'm like, no, game was over. Right? Not yeah. even close. Right? I mean, it was it was five. It was four two entering the seventh inning. Right? Yeah. Game over. It might as well be 10 to two. And, and, and sure I, enough, <laughs> they did nothing. So, again, let's go back to that feeling right there, that thought. And let's talk about the all the the all star game coming up, the trade deadline coming up. Will you really get enough pieces that you would not have that feeling after August second? If the Rockies were to beat a buyer and still say they've got a shot, it would take a monumental amount of new pieces added in there, as well as Ramon Marquez to find his pre All Star game last year form, and so many other things that need to happen. For this team to really flip that switch. And in fact, we can talk about that on the other side of the break. Back here on the Rocks Pile Rockies report, Noe Yingling and Kevin Henry here with you. And we were talking about what the Rockies need to do to achieve their belief of, oh, we can be a 500 team or um, be playoff contenders at the trade deadline. Offensively, there are only three players who have had at least 100 plate appearances that have an OPS plus above league average. Three. CJ Crone, Connor Joe, and Charlie Blackman. Two of those players need to be traded, in my opinion. Even with Rogers' hot start we were talking about before the break, he still isn't technically league average yet. Yeah, he is at 95. Very interesting. They have a lot of players in the 90s. Rogers, 95. Iglesias, 91. McMahon, 91. Daza, 96. Bryant, 93. Overall, as the team, they have been Chris Bryant this year. They have a 93 OPS plus. That's not going to win you a ton of games, to be perfectly no. honest. It's not. And they've really, they've been Chris Bryant pretty much in general, of decent average, decent on-base percentage, slugging percentage, especially playing half of your games at Coors Field, leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, you know, speaking of Chris Bryant, I know he got his first home run the other night, you know, and, and it feels like he's getting back into a rhythm, but he's still got to develop that that power swing that Bud Black keeps saying is coming uh, because so many of his his hits this year, when he's been healthy, of course, have been singles. Uh, He he doesn't have a lot of doubles. If I remember right, he doesn't have a triple yet. Uh, He has one home run. So you're looking at a lot of singles. And again, at Coors Field, we know the extra base hits can come. The doubles can come. Uh, But I think they need to start coming pretty soon for Chris. And what if I would have told you entering the year that you're adding Gritchick, you're adding Bryant, obviously you're losing story, but you're adding Iglesias. Yep. And I told you that they won our dead last in the national league and stolen bases. They were middle of the pack last year in the national league. And Last year, 
with home runs, they had 182, which was ninth among the 15 NL teams. This year, they have 77, which is 12th. Again, it's not a it's not a working formula for a winning team. It's no. it's just not, you know. And and I think it goes back to what you said a few minutes ago. There were a lot of things that had to go right for this team to have a good chance this year. You and I both thought they would at least come close to a five hundred mark. You know, we're on record yeah. as saying that. And obviously, I think we were counting on at least some of those things coming to fruition. They haven't. Uh, you know, there there have been some good surprises along the way. And again, I'll go back to Chad cool being chief among those for sure. You know, I, I don't think any of us expected Chad cool to be what he is today. You know, Connor Joe has shown, yes, he can produce in the leadoff spot. Daza has shown that, you know, they they've had moments, but they haven't had them all strung together and by multiple players. Yeah. And that's the thing people don't realize that for, and the Rockies don't realize this either to, have a playoff team of your 26 man roster. You need to have about 20 of them have a career year. That's what it takes to get to the playoffs. There you go. How many players on the Rockies are having a career year? Yeah. <laughs> it's a short list right there. May I, I will be generous. I will be very generous and say three. Okay. Crone, Joe, cool. Yep. And I'm not counting relievers as well because I mean they, when you, in the in the overall scheme of things, they aren't pitching a ton. No, but when and that's the thing with relievers as well. If they if they pitch really well, it kind of goes unnoticed. But they pitch really poorly, it is very much noticed. Yeah, the scene seven ERA, Estevez over five. Stevenson, six and a half. Block, six. Goudeau, seven. Lawrence, over five. Can't have that. You can't, but you're exactly right because we're not talking about what Lucas Gilbert has done in recent yeah. games either. Uh, you know, because he started the year a train wreck and has really turned it around. But we, we don't talk about that as much because, yeah. you know, and I guess it comes to the point where you, you expect your relievers to be good. And sorry, Rockies fans, I know that that's hard to, to comprehend, but you expect your relievers to come in and actually get the job done, whereas for Colorado, it's been a crapshoot. And look at the rotation. Rotation hasn't exactly been phenomenal. Freeland has been slightly above league average. Cool has been great. And then you you got players that are underperforming or injured. Yeah. And yeah. Again, therein lies the problem. They don't have any depth. So let's go back to this whole notion of before the trade deadline. And, you know, it was interesting. I read an article um, Nick Groke wrote for the athletic or contributed to, I should say for the athletic about, will all 30 teams, where are you going to be in here? Are you buyers, sellers, or are you leaning toward that? He still had the Rockies as leaning toward seller, not being a seller, leaning toward yeah. it. Now, again, I think the rest of this road trip could really push one way or the other. I do believe that. But the fact that they're not still in the seller category is, is a little bit head-shaking to me. 
Yeah. And like I said, the three of your top four guys should be traded considering just their contractual status. And for Crone blocking Montero. But then you have other guys like in the top 10 is Tyler Kinley not pitching anymore. You have Brian Servant, who wasn't even on the team until late May. And, I mean, look at the rest of the guys on there. Even Ryan McMahon. Ryan McMahon is fifth. And much has been made about his defense to start the year. And overall, the Rockies' defense has gotten a lot better. I I believe they've had... 10 or 12 games. Uh, I, there was a note about it yesterday. I forget yeah. exactly what it was of they played errorless games and the defense has gotten a lot better, even with McMahon, you know, but he still has 12 errors on the year and he, he still leads the team in defensive run save or, or one of the top few. Um, but Brendan Rogers has probably been their best defender overall. Yeah. He's been most consistent. I would definitely say that. And, you know, like we were talking about with Rogers and, well, if you took April out, you know, a lot of people say, well, if you take out about that two-week stretch in late May or late April. You can't. You can't. Exactly. You've got to take the whole season in there. And so, you know, they are who they are right now. And, And I think the fact that this road trip is defining for the Rockies on a lot of levels, I think that they've got some time before and after the all-star break where, you know, maybe you can put together something best case scenario, but I still think it boils down to after the all-star break, you have to look in the mirror and say, this is who this team is and what can we do to prepare for the future? And the future includes Montero, Tovar, Veen, Romo, uh, Doyle, Exactly. You know, there, there are a lot of guys and you've made this point before. There's a lot of guys on this roster right now that are, they going to be on this roster three years from now? No. Yeah. And so I think that you really got to be very conscious about that and say, if you're not part of this group two, three years from now, when we're expecting this crew to come up from the minors that everybody's waiting for, that is the next chapter of the Rockies supposedly. Then I think you've got to be very honest and say, if you're not a part of that crew, what can we get for you to add to that crew down the road? And that's therein lies the problem, or one of the many problems, is the Rockies don't, uh, they aren't thinking that far ahead. They're thinking of, okay, we think we can be contenders now. No, you can't. No, you can't. You, you played like crap. Time to move on. Yeah. I, and I, I, like, for example, Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman is 36 now. And he's having the best season that he's had since probably 2019. And he was an all-star that year. You should try to get something from him because is he going to be on the team when he's 39 signing to a new contract? Because he's not contracted through that. Right. Is he going to sign another contract with the Rockies? And be on the team in three years. You know, I I can't say hundred percent no. I honestly could see yeah. a one year contract. I really could for Chuck. You know, and that's one thing, especially if you have him as your DH. Okay, but 
the Rockies don't want a just uh, they don't want one person being that DH. Right. They don't want to use the word rebuild. They don't want to say, okay, we need to cut these six. We'll just use a random number six players that, hey, they're nice guys, but they haven't done what we need them to do. Right. And and I think that that's that's at the core who they are. And I, you know, and again, I'm just going to throw this out there. We have talked numerous times. We don't know what Bill Schmidt's going to do at the trade deadline. Yeah, we don't. We don't know. He could surprise us all, and they could clean house. I don't see that, but I also see them being more aggressive than they have been in the past, too. At least as far as the sell. Yeah, I I see them being more aggressive, but not aggressive enough. Yeah. I am that therein lies the problem. The Rockies are in the middle purgatory where, especially we've seen it here in the last decade or so in baseball, where you have really the haves and have nots. And there's some teams that have, it's really paid off of Houston is an example of, okay, we're going to completely tear this thing down for three, four years. And we're going to have some awful baseball, but we're going to have some really good baseball and have the best, best years of the franchise history because we tore down so hard. Yeah. The Rockies are, I don't know. What should we do? Well, we're going to stick with these guys because it's, it's easier and we're going to hope that they come through. Yeah. They haven't. No, no. And you know, and again, the I'm really watching these series leading up to the All-Star break to see exactly what the Rockies might do. You know, I, I don't think any of us can say, well, this is absolutely what they're going to do. But if you look at the Padres are coming to Coors, you know, the uh, Rockies go to Arizona. Uh, they have that uh, four-game series in Arizona. Then you've got the Padres in town for three. And then... No, sorry, four. Padres for four, and then you've got the Pirates for three. You know, and and I think that that's leading right up to the All Star break. So, yeah, what do you do in those seven games at home? You know, they, considering how well they've played against the Padres, and considering it's the Pirates, yep, they should go probably six and one. Should and will are two different things. (laughs) Should and will. So basically what you're telling me is that this week with the road trip will wash out what next week at home is going to do, which means that they're going to be right about where they are right now or maybe a little bit better. Uh, Well, let's say, uh, again, we'll we'll be generous. And we did this a few weeks ago. We'll we'll be generous. Uh, Two or four against the Diamondbacks will say they'll take. So that gets you to what? It would be 37 and 49. Still 12 under. Let's say they go six and one on that homestand. So that means that you're at what? 50 losses and you are at 43 wins. You're still seven under. 
You aren't going to win two of a four in Milwaukee. Well, well, <laughs> and let's just stop the all-star break. Cause again, yeah. it's well past the halfway mark of the season. Yeah. I mean, seriously. you're still well under 500. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a lot less games to turn that around, you know, and, I, I think the bottom line is I think we're all expecting the Rockies to sell. It's just a matter of how much and who is yeah. it. Jose Iglesias. Is it crone? Is it Bard? Is it Colome? Is it Gritchick? You know, there, there's a lot of options, you know, Blackman. I know you keep, you keep bringing that up. You know, there are a lot of options out there depending on which way the Rockies want to go. And now it should be noted too, with Blackman, who knows if he wants to be traded, right? He, he will have the right to block that if he wants to. Yeah, he can block to any team. Um, but even if you take him out, Crone, Iglesias, Gritchick, uh, Cool, she's um Colome, Bard. Yep. Yeah. I mean, those are six strong trade candidates, I think, just right there. Yeah. Without chucking the picture. And you could get a lot there and I don't know if you saw this, but MLB keeps uh, updating their top 100 list. And the Rockies keep getting better there. They do. They They have, count it, count it, four prospects in that top 100. Just a month ago, they had two. Yep. Yeah, By the way, speaking of which, with Ezekiel Tovar, we mentioned him a little bit earlier. He's on the injured list now with Hartford. He broke the top 100 list like a month and a half ago. He's at 58 now. Yeah, I don't think there's any kind of secret that Tovar is a guy that has all the skills to succeed at the major league level. It's just a matter of how quickly will the Rockies give him a chance to prove that. Yeah. And I, I still say it could be this year, but Tovar's got to get some AAA before they move him up, just knowing the Rockies' way. They're not going to make that jump. Did with Tulowitzki. Yep. But that was a whole different era. Whole different era. Yeah, I mean, dealing Dan O'Dowd was at the top then, so. Yeah. I, I think that they are not good. They are, this is a Rockies franchise that doesn't rush people up. And when they rush them up, are they really ready to play them? You know, that that's the other thing as well. You know, Trevor story being inserted as the opening day shortstop is a whole different animal than, than saying, Hey, Tovar, here you go. We're trading off a of glacius and handing it over to you. Yeah. Um, speaking of prospects, by the way, too, I do want to mention with, uh, Jose Urania being called up. The Rockies DFA yeah. Colton Welker, yep. who is done for the year with shoulder surgery, could have put him. They could have promoted him to the majors and put him on the sixty-day IL. They chose not to. Found yeah. that very interesting. <clears throat> I think a lot of excuse me, a lot of Rockies fans did. I think they found that that was a very interesting move. But I also think if you if you boil it down and you look at Welker's history, some of the things that he's already encountered in his young career, some of the obstacles that have been put in front of him and that he's put in front of himself, I think the Rockies are very confident that another team is not going to pick him up and then that they can bring him back on waivers and put him back 
on the you know at triple a whenever he's getting whenever he gets healed up yeah i mean that's another one uh, obviously they haven't dfa'd him because he's on the 60 day il it's ryan rollison yeah i mean if you if you would have said the rockies had four top 100 guys and one of uh, uh, two of the people not in them were Rollison and Montero. Yeah. You would have said, well, who are they going to be? Because <laughs> right. entering 2021, Tovar was 11th in the Rocky system. And Amador was 17th. They've shot up there, you know? Yeah. And- and that's that's the thing about prospects, and and that's why trading for prospects is always such a crapshoot, because they could really be the next key for your team, and they could also be ones that fizzle out or get injured or whatever it might be, you know. And I love um, the fact that the latest mock draft I saw from the Athletic had the Rockies taking Kumar Rocker at number ten. And, and the reasoning was, which I, I loved uh, what Groke spun here with this, is that technically you could bring Rocker up pretty darn quickly and have him in your rotation. And how many times will the Rockies be able to say that about a pitcher right now in their minor leagues? That and especially with Sanzatella being injured. Yep. Marquez not being what he was before. Well, all right, so here's and, – and we're going to wrap up here, but something I want to throw out at you is that uh, Urania is going to get one more start at least at home against the Padres. We know that. After that, Senzatella should technically be ready to come back. I'm very curious to see what the Rockies do at that point because I, I think that that's a big decision they're going to have to make because they've purposely been stretching out Urania to be a starter. So the last thing you want to do now is move him back to the bullpen and be your long-term, long-relief guy. Yeah. So the Rockies will have some very interesting roster decisions before the All-Star break. Let's just put it that way. I but, have a ponderance for you. Yes. Is who uh, is Jose Urania, Tim Melville 2.0? Possible. <laughs> Comes I mean, up and has a great start in game one. Still pretty good after that, but uh, obviously not quite as good. But I'd be an interesting ponderance. Well, the Rockies needed Tim Melville for a stretch, and I think the same could be said right now for Urania. I absolutely think that he's needed in there. Just depth, like you said. I I think even if he does crash and burn later on, what he can provide right now to at least get them through the trade deadline or into the trade deadline, because, again, if the Rockies are thinking about trading cool, Urania has to stick around. There, yeah. There's no other way around it. And especially, who knows how, I mean, it seems like Ryan Feltner is going to come back because he's on the injured list right now. Right. Um, it seems like he's going to come back here in the next week or so, less yep. than a week. Um, but who knows? I mean, that, that, was, that was another very interesting move that I – don't know quite what to make of it. 
Yeah, we got a lot of things to watch over the next week or so. We're going to be doing that at rockspile.com on Twitter at rockspilefs. Uh, Noah and I also with Call to the Pen and Fan Sided's MLB site. Uh, so certainly we're going to try to have you covered on all things Rockies as well as what's going on elsewhere in the National League East and even in the mean streets of Alma, Michigan. So, Noah, as always, a pleasure, man. Pleasure is all mine. <laughs> and Rockies fans, we will talk to you on the next episode of the Rocks Power Rockies Report. And as always, good, bad, or whatever may be going on in the standings, go Rockies. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.